dreams and visions. That's what the prophet Joel said we would see. And Peter said it too. On the day that the Holy Spirit came like wind and fire, and people heard it in their own language. Hi, my name's Stuart and I get to be the minister here at St Ninian's. Welcome on this day that we call Pentecost. It's the day that we celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit and the birthday of the church. It's also been the gala weekend here in Stonehouse as well as the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. So there's lots and lots of celebrating to be done. The disciples in our story today weren't celebrating though. They were still pretty unsure of what was going to happen next now that Jesus was gone. Let's listen as Lisa reads our scripture for us today. A reading from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 to 21. The Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Christians and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and per- perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they had had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Desmond Tutu wrote, Goodness is stronger than evil. Love is stronger than hate. Light is stronger than darkness. Life is stronger than death. This Pentecost day, we celebrate the pouring of the Holy Spirit onto those disciples. 
gathered together scared and alone and wondering what next. Jesus has gone, but he promised them help to go out into the world and continue his mission. Suddenly a sound like a a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest in each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Can you just imagine? There's nothing terrifying about any of that, is there? Nothing that would be out of place in any church. Nothing that would leave us feeling uneasy or just downright terrified. The disciples went outside, and when they spoke, the people gathered from all over the known world could understand them. They heard the message of love, the same message that Archbishop Tutu reminds us of. Goodness is stronger than evil. Love is stronger than hate. Light is stronger than darkness. Life is stronger than death. And people made fun of them because this was unusual and uncontrolled and random and unnerving. God wasn't supposed to be like this. Their religion told them that God is all about the rules and practices in the right words in the right order. Those voices still win out sometimes. The ones who call for order, discipline and rules. As though the mission of God is some kind of formula that only works when we say the right thing at the right time. Or that there's some way that we can work hard enough or long enough to earn God's grace. That must have been how the disciples felt. Conflicted, unsure, scared. They'd watched Jesus be nailed to a cross. But they'd also seen him resurrected and standing among them. They had seen with their own eyes that goodness is stronger than evil. Love is stronger than hate. Light is stronger than darkness. Life is stronger than death. At the moment, the church is in the middle of what is called mission planning. Mission is telling the story of God to other people. Missions isn't a programme, an event, a, a committee or a task. Mission isn't a debate, an argument or even a test. Mission is a story. We can just hear voices Then and now, a story? No, no, there's much more to it than that. It's much more complicated than a story. You have to do a course before you can do a mission. We need a plan, objectives, target groups, even some of those fancy leaflets that you stick through people's doors. It doesn't sound much like the stuff of dreams and visions to me. Does it sound like it to you? I wonder, what do your dreams and visions of the kingdom of God here in this place look like? I wonder, how we would make those dreams and visions real. Well, I planned it, a course, a leaflet, with closing churches, stretching things just a bit further. How about we just tell the story of God and Jesus and let the Holy Spirit do the rest? How about we tell people how Jesus lived and died and lived again? How about we tell those stories of outrageous grace and undeserved forgiveness? And and how about we tell those parables that are once simple and complex Obvious and mysterious. How about we tell those stories and let people decide? How about we engage in the glorious chaos of being God's people in God's world? And how about we engage with each other? I mean, really engage. How about we move beyond, how are you? I'm fine, how are you? When we know that we're not fine at all, at least not all the time. When the thing we really need is to talk to someone who'll listen and care. How about we eat with each other? Let's invite people into our homes now we're allowed. 
sit around tables and eat and drink and talk about the deep stuff that comes when food is around. Let's ask people how they are and how we can help. And how about we get serious about learning about God? Let's get together and talk about the story of God and what God is saying to us and what God is doing and what God is challenging us on and and what God is leading us towards. Let's acknowledge that God is in everything we see and touch and smell and taste and hear. Be mindful, purposeful, intentional people. But can you hear the voices? You can. Is there one in your head? No, no, no. What we need here is order. We big an order. Everything carefully arranged. Each word skillfully chosen for maximum impact. No margin for error and mission. This may be the only chance we get. The only encounter possible. So let's make it count. You can hear the voices saying, there's that old urgency about the gospel of which we need to get hold. It's now or never. We don't want to be responsible for those people who are left behind. Those who didn't hear that challenge to choose from us. And if they don't hear from us, then who else? What arrogance. What self-importance. If it was really down to us, heaven would be a pretty empty place. Thankfully, the Spirit doesn't rely upon us. The Spirit doesn't leave things to that slim chance. But rather, the Spirit eddies and swirls, even upsets our carefully planned liturgies and skillfully crafted sermons. And then, to crown it all, sometimes even Jesus shows up, and then there's real chaos. The kind of chaos that embarrasses us and sort of makes us squirm because we don't leave room for that kind of excitement. We don't like that unpredictability because it can't be controlled, it can't be managed. It threatens to overthrow all that we've worked so hard to protect. It's just as easily overturned as the tables were in the temple. We don't like that any more than those merchants did whose livelihoods were threatened. We stand to lose too when Jesus shows up and starts turning the tables. He shows us up for all our strivings for what they're really worth. We too have fenced in the house of prayer, narrowed down the field that the Spirit's allowed to operate in. We don't like risk. It's our four-letter word. Sullied and shamed and feared. Risk Jesus? No. No, not us. I wonder if that safe, narrow, closed kind of faith is what your dreams and visions of the kingdom of God are made of. I doubt it. In fact, I'd go as far as to say that I'm certain that your dreams aren't safe and narrow and closed because dreams and visions never are. Dreams and visions are weird and random and creative and scary and risky and all kinds of things. You know they are. They always have been. If you want some examples of how weird and random and creative and scary and risky, just go and read the books of Daniel or Revelation. This thing we do on Sundays is not the limit of what church is. Church should be a living, breathing thing. It should be a weird and random and creative and scary and risky because church is a dream. Church is a vision. It's a dream of a better world. It's a vision of the kingdom of God here on earth. I wonder how often we've used those kinds of words to describe what goes on here. 
Those dreams and visions are of an upside-down kingdom. You know the one. Where the first are last and the last are first. Where the naked are clothed and the hungry are fed and the thirsty have buckets of water to drink. Those things aren't just a nice bit from a sermon Jesus gave. They're markers of the kingdom. These are the things that we should be about. But I said that mission's about telling a story. What does any of that have to do with a story? Well, everything. Because all the best stories have actions. All the best stories are ones where you feel like you're inside the story, living every moment of it. Each of our lives tells the story of what we believe. The things we say, the way we act, the things we post on Facebook, how we vote, how we look out for people and and how we avoid others. Everything in our lives reflects what's at the core of our being, at the centre of our belief, what Paul Tillich calls our ultimate concern. If the day of Pentecost is about anything, it's about God reaffirming that ordinary people are the building blocks of the kingdom. Through the Holy Spirit, all things are possible. We say that all the time. We pray every week, thy kingdom come, on earth as it is in heaven. Building that kingdom starts with you and me. It'll be built one story at a time. It will be seen in the way that we are and the things we do. But don't take my word for it. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. So the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. We can't let fear stop us from doing the work that God has called us to. The disciples stopped hiding and went out into the world and changed it forever. It's our turn now. Because goodness is stronger than evil. Love is stronger than hate. Light is stronger than darkness. Life is stronger than death. In Jesus' name, and in the power of that Holy Spirit, Amen. Send us out in the power of your Spirit To shine your light in the way we live Send us out in the power of your Spirit As we've received, may we freely give Send us out, send us out Send us out for your glory Let all we do be praised to you Send us out for your glory out in the power of your spirit to show your love everywhere we go send us out in the power of your spirit lord fill us up so we overflow send us out send us out send us out for your glory let's all we do 
God, we call upon your name as we bring to you our prayer for people and situations close to home or far away, seeking to share with you our thankfulness for so much good that we see and our anxiousness for so much that troubles us and the peace of this world. We give thanks for the many ways people, wherever they are, whatever language they speak, come together to solve problems to formulate ways to cooperate, to seek answers to seemingly intractable issues. May they and we work together as we face the challenges of global inequity, of climate change, of trade imbalance, of food and water insecurity and of energy reliance. We give thanks for the people now exhausted, who are still working on the front line of pandemic and who have long been forgotten by policy makers, for medics and hospital staff, for carers and the families of those in care homes, for teachers and educators, for police and emergency services, and all those who keep society ticking over safely, compassionately, that they persevere and are shown the respect they deserve. We give thanks for those who offer themselves for public service and commit their lives to that purpose. And we lament at those who use public service for their own ends, to feather their own nests with little regard for the choices they make and the impact those choices may have. Pentecost God, enliven us your church, to serve you in all we do and say in the words you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Spirit of wind and fire, spirit of mystery and promise, spirit of God, our helper, blow at our backs, breathe into our hearts, be the energy for all we do to spread love and justice. The blessing of God known to us as Father, Son and Holy Spirit, be with us all today and always. Amen.
Food Bank Collection is open every Sunday from 1pm till 2.30pm at St Ninian's Church. Your donations are very much appreciated and if you need food then please do come down between 1 and 2.30pm every Sunday and collect what you need. Delighted to say that our coffee mornings will be restarting on Tuesday the 3rd of May at 10am until 11.30am and then every Tuesday thereafter for a while at least until the end of June. So that's Tuesdays for our coffee morning from 10am till 11.30am and it's £2.50. Our plan is to collect recipes to make a book to raise some funds. So recipes can be given to Agnes Barr or myself as soon as possible. You can email them to info at saint-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk Anyone who can help with the summer club, please again speak to me or speak to me. We're planning a family fun day and as part of that we're going to have a lucky bag fundraiser. So please, please, please could you donate some toys, gifts for adults and gift bags of all sizes. If you could drop them off at the church by next Sunday, that would be amazing.